Hey, dear saints, you're listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword. Sermons from Pastor Kilgo, preached at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We pray that as you hear God's word, you would be strengthened in faith and love and rejoice in the joy of the Lord's promises and kindness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, we begin the Gesema season. Uh, there's a little handout in the, uh, on the back table if you want to know more about this, but these uh, function as kind of this, this interlude between the transfiguration of our Lord and the season of Lent, um, and they zero in especially on three topics, uh, the, what we sometimes call the solas, uh, not in the same order that we normally confess them, but uh, the, the topics of, of grace and of the Holy Scriptures and of faith. And so today, the Lord uh, brings before our eyes the topic of grace, and especially grace alone, uh, that we are saved by. And he does this through this parable that he tells of the workers in the vineyard. Now, one of the things that we are always tempted by, and we've talked about this a lot in the past, we're always tempted to believe uh, that if God is happy with me, that he is happy with me because I've done enough good things. And if he's mad at me, it's because I've done too many bad things. And I've got to get the scales to weigh out properly so at least they're even, so that God would at least look at me neutrally, but especially to get them a little bit on the positive side, to do more good works than bad works, so the Lord will look at me and he will smile and be happy with me and I'll inherit eternal salvation uh, on account of that. And the way you can tell that this is kind of our default nature is you can go around and you can ask anybody that you're around, unless they've been well catechized to the opposite, and ask them, uh, first, when you die, are you going to go to heaven? Most people will say, yes, or I hope so. Uh, and if you ask them why, it will be something along the lines of because I'm a good person, because I've done a lot of good things, because I've done more good things than bad things. It, it sits in that vein, however it gets confessed. But this isn't true. The Lord does not reward us with salvation because of our good works. And this is one of the things that he's driving at in this parable. So Jesus tells this parable, there's master of a vineyard, and he goes out and he hires laborers. Everything's fine so far. He uh, brings them in and they start working and he realizes, well, I've got more work that needs to be done. And so he goes out and he hires some more, uh, tells them to come in. The first group, he agrees to a certain wage. He says, I'll pay you a denarius a day normally what you would pay. A denarius is a day's wage. Next group comes in and he says this, and this becomes an important line, uh, whatever is right, I will pay you. Uh, and the word there is the word for, for just. Whatever is just, whatever is righteous, I will pay you. And they agree. Those are the terms. They come in. And then more come in a little bit later on at the ninth hour. And then finally, there's still apparently more work to be done in this vineyard. And there's more people to be hired, and so he sends out the, the servants, and they go and they, they hire more people who are just standing around on the, the street corner still. Apparently, they had been sleeping in that day, and they didn't get the initial call. So they come at the 11th hour. Now, there's only 12 hours. The, the 12th hour is the end of the workday. So there's only one more hour of work to be done, and there's still the transit time to get from the street corner to the vineyard and pick up your tools and go over and basically do nothing in the vineyard, and then you line up to get paid. Seems like a pretty good, good deal. And the, the master says, 
have them line up from the last to the first. So the first are already kind of being set up here. And he pays the first, who did essentially no work, came in at the 11th hour, he pays them a denarius, a day's wage for less than an hour of work. Oh, this is, this is a generous vineyard owner. This is what the people in the back are thinking. It's like, we, we work, we're going to get like 12 denarius for doing this. But then the next group gets paid a denarius, and the next group gets paid a denarius, and you can kind of see the people in the back of the line are starting to get a little bit nervous about what's going to happen, that they're going to get up there, and the guy's going to do what he said he was going to do and pay them a denarius. And that's what he does. Because the master of the vineyard, which is the Lord himself in the parable, always stays true to his word. He pays the others what is just, and he pays the first a denarius, both of which he promised to do. And the people at the end grumble about this. These people barely worked at all in your vineyard. We've borne the heat of the day, and you've made us equal to them. We're not equal to them. We're better than them. And you can hear the echoing in the background. It's not fair that they got something better than we did, or that they got equality to us. And this, this is our root issue, too. That we think that it's not fair that the Lord deals with us in the way that he chooses to deal with us. We think that it's not fair that the Lord would require of us good works, but then not pay us for them. First off, that's not exactly true. We just get it a little mixed up, and we don't like the way that it's actually laid out for us in the scriptures. The Lord does reward good works. He promises this. Except those, those rewards are eternal rewards in the resurrection, not the resurrection itself. There are rewards for doing good works. There are also rewards for doing good works in this life. We don't always see them, but the Lord does reward good works in this life as well. What he doesn't give, what he doesn't give us as payment for our good works, is salvation. And, and that's the thing that we bristle, about, bristle at. Say, well, Lord, if you are going to require good works of me, then I should at least get salvation for it. And if I'm not going to get salvation for it, then I'm not going to do them. That's basically our attitude when you, when you think about it, the way we approach doing good works in this life. If I don't get the reward that I think I should get for them, then I'm just not going to do them because it's not fair that you would give me that other thing. It's not fair that you would reward me with things in this life, like a good conscience. That's one of the rewards of good works in this life. It's not fair that you would give me uh, various levels of glory in the resurrection, something we're not jealous of, but something that is given. For example, the, the apostles who have done more good works than we have, simply by virtue of their office as apostles and penning for us the scriptures, they will be more highly rewarded in the resurrection than we will. And that's okay. That's good. That's the Lord being, being just with what he gives. But we're also not going to be jealous of that because we don't have sin in the resurrection, and jealousy is sin. Nonetheless, why not salvation? Why, why pay all of us the same? Us who have labored in the, in the vineyard for ages and ages and ages, our entire lives, those who are young and have only labored a little while, 
Those who have come in at the end of their life and barely poked a, a, a bush with a stick, and they all get eternity. They all get salvation. They all get a denarius. And we think that that's unfair because we think that the purpose of the law is to give us eternal salvation. And it's not. That's not the function of the law. That's what we just sang about. It was a false, misleading dream that God, his law, had given that sinners could themselves redeem and by its words gain heaven. That's not what the law is for. The law reveals the guilt of sin and makes us conscience-stricken. And then the gospel enters in and gives us life from heaven. The law is there to prepare us for the gospel, and the law is there to instruct us in godly living. But it's not there for our salvation. And yet the tension stands, and this is what we don't like. God says you must do good works. It is necessary for you to do good works. And then we say, okay, and so you're going to give me salvation for that. And he says, no. And you say, well, then do I really have to do them? Do, do I really have to do, like, uh, I was actually uh, just in a, a Twitter debate on this, which is general rule of thumb, just don't get in Twitter debates. They're not helpful. Um, but nevertheless, I was. And uh, the guy was, was debating with me, what good works are required for salvation? What do you have to do to inherit eternal life? That's the question of the, the lawyer to Jesus, right? And I said, well, faith. Faith is what is required for eternal life. And that is a good work, but it's good work brought about by the Holy Spirit through his word. And he said, so right. So therefore, you don't need to be doing good works. I said, no. You still have all the other commandments. Faith is a good work according to the first commandment. What about the other nine? They're still commanded. You just aren't getting the reward that you want. You don't think it's fair, and so you don't think you should have to do it. And if we are honest, that is the reality for all of us. But we also don't understand what we are asking when we're asking for the Lord to treat us fairly. Because if the Lord were to treat us fairly... We don't get Jesus. We don't get faith. We don't get eternal life. We don't even get instruction on what good works look like. The Lord simply just abandons us. We are, after all, in our sin, his enemies. And we are dead. And we are blind. We are deserving of no good thing from God. No good gifts from him. And the way to just kind of Work this out in your mind. Remember that the, the creed gives us this template for the gifts that the Lord gives to us. You have first article gifts, second article gifts, third article gifts. First article gifts is stuff. That's the technical term. Everything that's created. If it's created, it's first article gifts. Usually when you hear Lutheran pastors talk about this, it's beer. right? First article gift, beer, coffee. Scotch, right? Trees, grass, cars, buildings, clothes. Think fourth petition stuff, the Lord's Prayer. And then you get the second article gifts. That's Jesus. That the Lord gives us his son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. 
And then you get the third article, gifts, and that's the church. His word and his sacraments, faith, the resurrection. But if God were fair, we wouldn't get any of those gifts. We wouldn't get the church, certainly wouldn't get Jesus. And we forget about this, that we would not have stuff either. The only reason why we have what we have, all the physical gifts, is because the Lord has handed them to us. And that's not fair. But, to paraphrase C.S. Lewis, God is not fair, but he's good. Remember, uh, the beavers confess this about Aslan, who's the picture of Christ in, in Narnia. Is he safe? Good heavens, no. He's a lion. He's not safe, but he's good. And being good is much better than being fair. He's just. He gives what is right, not what is owed. And so he gives you Jesus. And he gives you forgiveness. If God were fair, then Jesus would not be dead and you would never make it to heaven. And if God were fair, your sins would still be on you instead of upon his son. And if God were fair, God would cast you into hell for eternity. But because he's just, because he's gracious and merciful and kind, he gives you what you don't deserve. This is what grace is. The Lord giving to us what we don't deserve. And so he gives us Jesus, and we get the absolution, and we get our baptism, and we get the blessed sacrament of the altar, and we get his word, we get forgiveness, we get the perfection of Jesus clothing us, we get the righteousness of the Father, we get everything that we shouldn't get, and we get it in a great amount of abundance. And then we come back and we, we kind of hem at this a little bit. That doesn't really seem all that fair either, that we would get Jesus and he would get our sin. And you're right. That's not fair. But God's not fair. He's good. He's just. He gives to us what is right. He pays us according to what he's promised. And so he says, am I not free to do what I please with what belongs to me? Am I not free to give you my son? Am I not free to give you his blood? Am I not free to give you faith and eternity and everlasting life and the resurrection of your bodies? To which we say, yes, yes, you are. And in this, he reminds us that he gives us these good works to do, not so that he would give us eternity, but so that he would bless those that he's also given to us. That those who are placed around us in this life are also gifts that we don't deserve. And he gives us good works. He gives us the commandments to guide our lives towards them how to interact with them, how to be with them. The Lord, being merciful, gives to us what is just, gives to us what belongs to him, only because he is merciful. In the name of Jesus, 
Amen. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to Preaching Christ Crucified on Double-Edged Sword, sermons by Pastor Kilgo at Redeemer Lutheran Church in Lawrence, Kansas. We'd like to invite you to join us for church, Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have Bible study at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at other times throughout the week. Please visit our website at redeemer-lawrence.org for more information. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.